start out. There was an impoverished old man applied for, well, he applied for membership in a wealthy church. The pastor tried to put him off with all kinds of evasive remarks. The old man became aware that he was not welcome, and finally he told the pastor that he would pray about it. After several days, he returned. Well, asked the pastor, did the Lord give you a message? Yes, sir, he did, was the old man's answer. He told me it wasn't any use. He said, I've been trying to get into that same church myself for years, and they won't let me in either. Give me one more. You probably heard these, but give me one more. The fellow went to the doctor. And the doctor told him he had a bad illness. He was only going to live a year, maybe. So he decided to talk to his pastor about it. The pastor said, well, well, the man was saying, is there anything I can do? And the pastor said, for me, what I'd do is go buy a, a late model 70, 80, 80 model Dodge pickup. Yeah, that's one thing I'd do. Then I'd go get married to the meanest, ugliest woman you can find. Then I'd get me a trailer and go live in the panhandle of Oklahoma. And the guy said, that's what you do? Like, that, that's going to help me live longer? He said, no, but it sure make you feel like you've lived a long time after you've been through all that. <laughs> the time that you have. Amen? We better pray after that. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this series that we've been learning about kingdom culture, about the culture that we pray that we bring into this world and we live out. I pray that this word goes into the heart of every person here and that we bear much fruit in being your testimony and being your the fruit of your hands. Thank you, God, for all you're doing. In your holy name we pray. Amen. If I can do this right. It always looks easier, doesn't it? Ha! Okay. So we're walking out. The last three weeks we've been talking about um, vision, culture. Um, I think Bill had the easiest one. He just had to kind of explain culture in a nutshell. It's no big deal. But um, So I'm going to walk out those three things. Uh, we start out with Bill, then Jennifer with Kingdom, and uh, Esther talking about authenticity. Starting out, Bill did a job I couldn't do. He took that grand narrative, he took it from before the beginning, I think, and brought us to tomorrow, which... In, my opinion, what I gleaned from that is we have a canvas, a blank canvas going wherever we go explaining who we are and what our community is about. And that's an incredible thing to have a, ca- a blank canvas. Um, he talked about the potholes and a lot of things that I can't go into. I started trying to recap all this and I go too much into them. So I'm just going to leave some of this. If you, you don't know what potholes means, you gotta, you got to listen to Bill's sermon. That's what you got to do. But he talked about a lot of things. One of the things I grabbed onto was when he was talking about Abraham. And he talked about the eternal covenant with Abraham and how that brings in the grand narrative. Um, I think of how that exemplifies the Torah. The Torah worked like a blueprint. It's just that the Jews, they, they, they took the blueprint and they lost the whole meaning. It was a blueprint for loving God and loving people. And they got their eyes off the, the true value that, that was underneath it. They missed the value of that. Um, 
So our value that we want to work out is loving God and loving people. It has to start there. has to end there. I mean, love God and people first as we build our intimate relationship with him and love him. Out of that love, we can love others. But without even that, we can't even love others. So we have to start with loving God and then overflow from that love into loving people. That's the number one value. Then Jennifer talked about this kingdom power. That kingdom power... For us, I've heard of people talking about, and I'm sure you've run into the situations where the word of God and everything else without power behind it is dead. And I don't want that, and I think we're all here because we don't want that. And the way we have that power is plugging into the source. That goes back to, it's all intertwined, the intimate relationship with the Father and not living in religion. And as... Bill talked about the Abraham and those things. That's what can happen if we walk out and we get this blueprint, but then we lose sight of the original source, which is our relationship with God. We're going to start making rules and regulations and become a legality. But I want to be a church, and we're going to be a culture that we plug into God and expect God to be in our daily lives. Jennifer talked about a lot of things, but the main thing was a reconnection with the real God, a God that is in our daily life. When things are going wrong, he wants us to bring them to him. When, things, when people are out there that are hurting, he may speak to us, and I don't always want that to happen, honestly. But he may speak to me, Russ, go talk to that person. And that's somewhere not my comfort. But as, God, as I grow in God, then I go speak to them expecting God to do something. Whatever happens, they're being ministered in love if I sit down and pray with them and talk to them. If it's a physical healing, praise God. If it's an inner healing because there's wounds they're going through, it's because I had a, a relationship with God, he spoke to me, and then I walked that out, but it was all based on being plugged into God, being plugged into a relationship with him, so one, he can even speak to me that that person's hurting, and I can go work with them and go pray with them. Um, she brought out a lot of things, but the main thing is, if we're not plugged into God, we won't have that source. We can be a great church, and we can do things with good ethics, but without the power of God working in our lives, we're, we're going we're to be less than what we want to be. So we're definitely a culture of kingdom power plugged into God. Esther brought out authenticity. Um, wrote down lots of quotes from what she talked about. She did a great job. The main thing is we don't be cookie cutters. We strive to live humbly, real, with no mask. Um, she had said, we encourage a space where we can be valuable, vulnerable, and we can be vulnerable to ourselves about where we are and who we are. And that's not easy. That's easy to say, a lot harder to live out, even in our own marriage, let alone in our own little community. But with God's help, as we're connected to him, we get to love other people and be real with each other, have grace for each other. And when the community sees us building a culture like that, there's something that becomes attractive, something that they haven't seen before. Another quote uh, that she, I had for her, she said, God can clearly see our hearts and pains, and he loves us too much to leave us hidden in pain. God unhides us. It would be a quote I used for a while. She gave the story of Matthew and how he had her arm, elbow, and of course didn't want to go through the pain to fix it. And God looks at us that way of things in our lives, and he loves us too much to leave us with that pain. He wants us to take us to the process of getting better. And sometimes it hurts like you know what to go through the process of getting better if you've ever been in physical therapy. But our value is authenticity. So being plugged into God, loving God, loving people, 
making sure that we're working out of his power, not just our own. We're co-laboring with God. And then being authentic is the recap of what I wanted to bring to the table. Now, how we walked it out, I have Acts 2. Do I? Have I been going anywhere? You guys are so patient. This whole time you've been like, yeah, whatever, dude. That's the cool grid you got up there. I'm just going on. Man, I thought I was doing so good. You saw me up here being smooth, like, hmm. I was like, just trying not to peek because I had faith, but in the wrong thing. All right, so I'm going to talk about how we walk, maybe how we walk this out. So what's below the down button? Is that the red button? Yeah, the one below the down button. So I've been hitting people with the red thing all day. Sorry. Acts, chapter Acts, chapter Acts, book Acts, chapter 2. I get mine up to speed here. All right, verse by verse, here we go. Old time school, it's how I was raised in a church where we went verse by verse. In verse 40 it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So I'm going to use Acts 2, 40-47 as a blueprint for us to go back to from time to time, remind us of these three values that I pray that we begin to walk out. Hmm. Look at that. I actually had it up there for you. Our lives, in verse 40 when he says, many other words, he testified and exhorted them. Now when I grew up, that meant get a bullhorn and yell at someone tell them they're going to hell. It's not what I want. It's not what I want us to be, and I don't think anyone hears for that. Um, we testify prayerfully with our lives, and if we have to use words, hopefully we have the right words. But prayerfully, members of OTCC, or in the OTCC, don't want to say that. We live it out. We walk it out. So following Acts, he testified, he exhorted them, be saved from this perverse generation. Our lives will have a contrast to what other people are living and what they're going through. And when we're connected with God and we're lo- we have that love to love on others, we will use words. But there'll be many times we don't even know what's going on in someone's life, but they're watching us and they're seeing things happen. And they may come up out of the blue at work or in the community and say, you, you go to that open table church, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. It'd be kind of like shocked at Walmart. Hey, would you pray for me? I hear you guys do that kind of thing. What? Doesn't everyone do that? Yeah, but it's going to be different. That's the culture we're going to have. Um, our lives will testify and exhort that there's a contrast between this world and the lives that we're living. Verse 41, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added to them. This is going to happen the first day Chris preaches over there. 3,000 people, boom. <laughs> Prayerfully. But the reason I believe this is part of a blueprint, not necessarily 3,000, but people will be added as we live our lives with these three values. People will be added to the church because they're going to see the contrast. God's going to bring them in. God will add people daily. I believe God will add people, and it's because of the values that we hold together as a core community. A worldwide theologian, he boiled all this down that I'm trying to say. I was talking to him. I know a guy that's like the best in the world. 
he can break it down. Anyways, let me see if I can find it and put it up there. Hit, not hit the red button. That's right. That's right. This theologian came up with the best phrase because it's very simplistic, straight to the point. And he said, Russ, ultimately, we're just living and inviting people to pursue Jesus with us. And it sounds so simplistic. And it is. If we're living right, if we're walking with God, if we're intimate with Him, then out of the overflow, we get to just, when people ask us, what's different? Reminds me of a story. I was working with a guy laying carpet, and we're all excited about Jesus. And we had said, we had premeditated, you know what? Today, we're going to find someone, we're going to tell them about Jesus. We're just going to share the gospel. And we're working away, doing our thing. <laughs> and, you know, you get busy. We had that mindset, but we're in work now. And this janitor, I don't know, the maintenance guy comes in and he's talking to us. And it would be a better story if I could remember exactly what he was talking about. But basically, he had asked. We moved the fridge forward. Yeah. We moved the fridge and he was like, you guys are so different. Wow. No one else would do that. Other guys are like, get out of here. Forget you. We're not doing that for you. All this other stuff. And we had an opening to say, well, the reason why we just, you know, we could have went into Jesus, all kinds of stuff. No, he left and we were gone. We didn't get to see him come to church. Well, you never know. I'm just, that was kind of a cool story. That was free. It wasn't even in my notes. I saw him. It just came to me. That might be, maybe that was the whole move of the Holy Spirit right there. You know? Forty-two, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, obviously, if we continue in fellowship, we're going we're gonna to grow. And one note about this is, also growing up, I saw a lot of people get offended in a church and leave right away. And it happens. Can't say that. I've never been. No, I've never been offended in a church. But okay, I have. But. Living in community isn't easy. It is simplistic, and yet it's not. And what helps us grow is when we have a brother or sister see something and say, hey, I've noticed something, da 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 And it could not even be negative or positive, just something. And if in our hearts we know they're seeing something that we need to bring out and say, yeah, I need prayer because of this, that's not normal in today's church, I don't think. That's being authentic. But living in fellowship creates that. It creates where... I can go to Bill and, and say, you know, I noticed you play the note wrong on the bass. <laughs> but you didn't, because I know nothing about music. But I could come to him with something, hopefully I love, and he can say, you know what, I don't think I did, Russ. I think I'm pretty awesome at the bass. But I'm going to pray about that, because I know you're bringing that to me in love. But you don't get that anywhere else besides community. You don't get that anywhere else besides continuing in fellowship and not giving up. And of course, the breaking of the bread... And in prayers, with praying with each other and interceding for each other. Ever since, um, I'll tell you, uh, Pastor Chris has been praying and interceding on Monday nights. Uh, I know I have seen a change in my heart and some things and things. And now I come up on Monday nights. But the point is, I know intercessory prayer is effective. And so staying in fellowship, breaking bread with each other, um, and staying in prayer makes us a better community, helps us live the lifestyle of being intimate with God and with each other, loving each other. (laughs) 
43, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. This takes us back to kingdom of power. Um, this one's, I'm trying to walk out. I'm 48 years old. I'm just trying to walk this out. There's been times in my life I've seen great things happen by God. But to daily expect him to show up, to daily live where I could be in the workplace, something happened, and literally tell the guy, I'm going to pray for you. I'm not there yet. I don't like to jump out like that. But uh, the more I read and the more I study God's word, the more I get to know him. It's like living this gospel without the power seems so fruitless, seems so, ugh, I can't even explain it. I'm expecting more every day, whether it's miracles and signs or just praying for people and hearing testimonies of answered prayers. Uh, we need to live a culture where we plug into God and because of its character, expect him to do things. And I know as we do that, we're already seeing things in our church happen. I can't imagine what's going to happen as we keep growing that belief that we plug into the word of God. Jesus said when he left, more things, better things will you do than I have. That's an incredible thought just in itself. He left us with parakletos, the Holy Spirit. He's an intercessor for us. There's so many things that go with this. Many wonders and signs were done that we need to live that out as a value in our community, in our culture. Skip down to verse 46. It says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. goes back to continuing daily, not letting the everyday life that can happen and does happen sometimes take us away from forgetting and getting so busy that we forget fellowship, we forget uh, encouraging one another, getting together with getting in the Word. But daily in one accord... We have a lifestyle that we meet together. We, we do things together. We bring, it brings hope. We hope to be unity with the body of Christ, to work together with other churches. We'll t- we're open table. So we're going to take anyone that comes through that door. One of the things I remember about, I thought about when Bill ta- said we have a blank page, it not only means we as our community and our name, but I believe it's a... It's a word picture of how we look at people coming into Open Table. We look at them with a blank page because they're in the blood of Jesus as they come. Whoever they come, wherever they're coming from, we're going to accept them and love them to Jesus. Amen. And um, this is more of a mission. I can't even pronounce the word. Ecclesiology? Is that right? Close enough, close enough. Um, that's the rest version. But it means we go wow. I mean, we're not going to stay in, in, our, in our church, love on one another, have this awesome feast on the Word, but then never venture out, whether in the workplace, whether in Wellsville or anywhere else, and express what's going on. Uh, and these are some of my problems. I, I tend to do that. There's times people definitely know I'm a Christian and know what I'm about, but there's other times I'm not going out of my way to do things I know that I should or God's putting on my heart. And so it's a work in progress. But... Living in one accord and going house to house is part of the values we have to have. We want to see people as they come in open doors, preferably, if I could just wave a magic wand and tell God what I want, I don't want one from any other church. That sounds bad. But I don't want someone other church because I want people that have never heard about God to walk through those doors and find God. 
Now, obviously, I came from another church, and I'm glad you guys let me in, okay? So, we are going to, but the heart is, it's not about numbers and how many people can we get and take away from this or there. It's about how many people do not know God, or how many people knew God and and have had a crazy life, and they don't really have a relationship with Him. That's what bring, going house to house and being on one accord helps us live out that lifestyle that we can be that way to people. You guys are already doing this today. Verse 47, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Praising God is so important in our daily lives. The Word of God says that we enter His courts with thanksgiving and His gates with praise. Not only does it build us up to praise and worship God on a daily basis, let alone in corporate praise, but it brings hope to us and others when we're in that lifestyle of praise and worship. We want to bring that praise and worship lifestyle to everyone we go, whether work or Wellsville or anywhere else. Having favor with all the people. As we live out these values, we will have favor with people. It's, it's, it's one plus one equals two. There will be a contrast between our lives and the everyday person's life. What will we do with that favor? We just walk it out like everything out and be simplistic with God. Be plugged into God, have that favor, and share the love of Jesus. We're just walking around, Russ. We're just inviting people to get to know Jesus with us. I'm going to say that quote forever. So that's what we're going to do with the favor of God. Now, there's a couple things to this when we pack all that together. Being intimate with God so much that we can walk out of that love and love others, whether they're lovable or not. That also means ourselves. There's lots of times... We don't love ourselves when we're unlovable. But all that happens as we're connected with God. Then being focused and intentional is a better word. Intentional about guarding ourselves and being plugged into the kingdom and not doing everything from our own works is very important too as we walk this out. Um, I believe the church is filled with people that have good character and they use the word of God for good character because these are principles that are work in business whether you truly are intimate with God or not, have a relationship with Him. But the power comes from being intimate with Him and walking that out and obeying Him as He puts things on our heart. I'll give you a quick example. I always try to get a Marine Corps story in here. Boot camp in Marine Corps, in my boot camp, I talked to some other Marines, they never heard of this term, but our drill instructor was called a water bowl. That was our canteens. They had weird words for everything. Um, and every, Not every night. It seemed like every night. Many nights, they would do the water bowl torture. And all that meant is we had four canteens at the end of the night. You can kind of understand the healthy, that they're trying to keep us hydrated at the same time. Anytime they have a chance to torture us, they want to. So they would have our canteens filled up. We'd be all in line and stand up. And you have that canteen, which doesn't weigh much. But then the drill instructors go up and down the middle as everyone's standing in line. As people get a little bit longer and longer, that water gets pretty heavy. It's like if some guys that a little weak-minded than others start to give out before us, and then they'll make us do a bunch of push-up stuff because someone gave up. Point is, they'll have us wait to the last second till it's like everyone's like, okay, I can hold this. Just the water. Just, just some water. They don't have you drink it. When you're done, you have to hold the empty can, which is very light now. 
but still feels very heavy. Above your head to show all the water's gone. And you have to hold that until everyone's done. And there's always that guy just can't get the water down. Everyone's waiting on him to get the water down. And the point of this, when I was going through this, I don't know why it came to me, but there's a lot of things in life that hit us that are very light, little. A lot, of, probably every day, maybe someone says something derogatory or we read something or something hits our spirit that's negative and it's very light and little. But as we hang on to it, as we try to hold on to it or we just keep it, it gets heavy. And especially if it's a wound where someone said something that actually was hurtful to you. And authenticity, this culture we're talking about, in a community, when we bring that out to other people, when we talk about that, share it, bring it before God, those little things don't hang us up. Because it's those little things that will drive a wedge between God and our relationship with Him. But that's what the little things do when we don't open up, as Esther said, and bring everything to Him. One canteen doesn't weigh anything. But when you hold on to it for a long period of time, it becomes very heavy. And so do all the things that happen to us. And those things can try to keep us away or things the enemy will use to come in and take us out of receiving from God. So, I have this screen in here just because Chris always has it. But I'm trying to explain that's what I'm doing. We go through Acts and that's how we respond to building a culture of um, loving God, loving people, being authentic and being plugged in. I thought there was one last thing I wanted to bring up to you. Told you about my water bowl torture. Just want to walk it out. Oh, have you heard this scripture? Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I push the right button now. Yeah. All right, look at this. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And that's a downer. That was like, what? Why didn't he know? I don't know if anyone knows where the scripture's from. I'm about to tell you. Bam! Man, give that man a star! Dude, I thought I'd trump everyone on that one. I'm even trying to pull it up as I speak here. Judges, chapter 16, verse 20. And she said, we know who she was, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep, and he said, I will go out as before at the other times. I will shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And so in closing, not to scare everyone, that we're all going to lose the Holy Spirit. In closing, I want to say, the intimate relationship with God is the most important. And we have an enemy that's going about trying to shake us loose of that. And I find, there's been periods in my life, and I know in some Christians' lives, where we get going, things are going great in the Word, and we're on the mountaintop. And in those times, we have to be careful that we don't get so busy that we're not doing the things that got us there. Typically what happens. We get so busy in life, whatever it's work or family, it could be all the above, and then you slowly but surely, because you don't want to do it out of legalism. You don't. We're not going to be a culture of legalism. Right? right. No way. I'm going to stay here if you guys are going to be legalistic. I'm out, okay? <laughs> Peace out. I'm just telling you, I'm going to be authentic right now. We don't want to live that way. So, we don't want to be like, hey, did you read your Bible today? Hey, did you have a good time with God today? If it's genuine, yes, but not legalistically. But the warning behind that is, as we do this, we have to intentionally do it because we have an enemy out there. And Samson was a mighty man. And sometimes I think a pretty stupid guy. But other times, 
Still a mighty man of God. And he woke, and he had it happened to him, if you know the story, a couple times before this. That's why he thought, no big deal, I'm just going to get up today. She tricked me, but I'm going to, boom, take these guys out. And that verse, I heard a preacher preach it one time, it stuck with me forever, that he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. Because when we go from those mountaintops, but get away what got us there, get away from our relationship with God, get away with our fellowship with each other and our community, then one day we may wake up and find ourselves thinking things are going to go better because of this and realize, I haven't even spent time with my God in, gosh, a month. It's so easy. So that's the thing I'm going to leave you on. It's just being intentional about our culture and walking this out. And I think, I didn't time it, I started to time it, but I wanted to be the fastest one, was I?